Hey, St. Basil's. Hi, Aaron Hogan. Hello, Tommy Dome, and hello, St. Basil. This is our youth minister, works with Life Teen, right? I do indeed. Doing life nights. Those are those Sunday night things. What kind mm -hmm. of stuff do you do there? Um, we do a total mix of things. Um, we like to have a lot of fun, mm -hmm. uh, but then we also learn about contemporary issues or just more faith formation. Question for you. Before the printing press, scribes copied the Bible by hand. And when you're copying thousands of pages, you probably are going to make some mistakes, right? Oh, I definitely I'm just wondering, Aaron, uh, how did the biblical authors decide which facts to record and which to leave out? Well, how are we to understand violence in the Old Testament? That's a very tricky topic. And the and Bible's attitude towards women? Oh, wouldn't this you one, like to know? This one, I get really when you've jazzed. got when you've got four gospel writers all writing the same story, telling it in different ways. I mean, what what's that? What's that all about? Aren't they going to contradict one another? That's These actually, questions and more in the book Bible Difficulties from Catholic Answers, that if you did not pick up, uh, you can find it at shop.catholic.com. Very small. You can read it in one night. You can also skip around because it's just 20 questions and 20 answers. And what, 60, 70 pages? Yeah, it's super easy. If you need something for Lent, one question a day. Or was this everyone's challenge to read before Lent? Yeah, before Lent. <laughs> and then if you fail, finish before Easter 2028. <laughs> so there are many, many, many books you can find at shop.catholic.com on all kinds of interesting topics. But today we're talking about Bible difficulties, and Aaron and I are just going to discuss one question out of this 20-question booklet. And it's one that you have to talk to teenagers about often. Yeah. Because it's often misunderstood. So what is it? So the question that we are tackling today is, does Genesis contradict modern science? The book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, those first couple chapters. Especially like the first two chapters with mm. the creation stories okay. in Genesis. But this is a question I get asked all the time by teens because they think that the Bible is like discredited right away from the very beginning. Yeah, from the first it, pages. Yeah, because it contradicts science. So why should they read any more about it or care any more about it? So when they ask you these questions, you used to run away. But now that you've read this book, <laughs> now you have some ammo, right? Exactly. All right, lay it on us. And I'm excited to read it. Um, I love this question because it just covers so many of the other questions, too, and difficulties reading the Bible. Because the first thing you have to understand about the Bible is that it's like it's a library, right? It's a bunch of different books put together. And in a library, you have different genres of books. So one of the things that I really love is that this book, too, especially, like it just points out that really what the first books of the Bible are trying to tell us is they're trying to tell us what God, God did when he created the world, but it's not trying to give us literal or chronological information about how God created the world. It's meant to be a little bit more of poetic language. Yeah, not a geological textbook, not an astrophysics textbook. 
about the cosmos, but really saying, yes, God was the start. He created the universe. All those particulars, in what order he did those, that's not the main thrust of the point the biblical author is trying to get across. What is the biblical author trying to get across? I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> the biblical author, they're really trying to tell us in Genesis that God created everything, created everything from nothing, and created human beings especially out of love. There are a lot of other ancient creation myths that include the gods creating humans out of like just their own selfish desires to have little like worker slaves. And so the author of Genesis is trying to tell us like, no, our God created us out of love and he created everything good and he put this order into the world. And so that's like one of the big truths. It's trying to answer almost like the why question. Why did God mm -hmm. create the world? Yeah. Not the like physics of how does gravity work? Yeah. So there's definite super important truths in these first couple chapters of Genesis. Uh, but the geological ones are not are not what they're trying to answer. But yes, there is a God created. We created everything out of nothing, created humans different than animals and all the other creatures. And there's this special relationship between God and us and this special relationship between man and woman. So those are the things to really uh, sort of focus in on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing they mentioned, too, is they touch on this topic of evolution right at the very end, because that's another thing that so many of the teens nowadays is they say, well, we have scientific evidence that evolution did happen. Mm -hmm. And the Bible isn't structured that way, you know, to allow for that. So how mm -hmm. do you, you know, hold these two um, in tandem? And I love this. They have a quote from John Paul II in this book, just like a little teaser. But he says that, Indeed, the theory of natural evolution, understood in a sense that does not exclude divine causality, is not in principle opposed to the truth about the creation of the physical world as presented in the book of Genesis. So he's saying, yes, you can hold that evolution is how God chose to create the world. It doesn't contradict the fact that God created everything and that he created it from love and that cre he created us male and female and that he created everything good. Mm -hmm. He's saying you can hold these two truths in tandem. Yeah, the evolu well, evolution could definitely be a tool that God has used in this physical world to evolve different creatures and Eventually, God puts a soul in humanity and in each human person, and then that's how we're made in God's image and likeness. And then he continues to reveal himself through the Old Testament and then ultimately fully in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, this one was so good. And so many people struggle reading the Bible. And so I'd say if you've ever felt intimidated to read the Bible or just haven't known how to go about it or have any tools in your arsenal, this book is so good. It gives you so many practical tools. Um, and right at the beginning, it reminds us to come at it with a spirit of humility, um, knowing that these are the, the inspired words of God. Like how many times do we hear people say that, like, oh, I've never heard God speak to mm -hmm. me. And yet every single yeah, Sunday, say we same hear his thing. word. <laughs> yeah, God doesn't speak to me. I sit down to pray. I don't hear anything. God doesn't speak to me. But he's got 
bam, that library, like you said, of 73 books that can speak to us at any stage in our life, no matter if we're going through a time of great joy, a time of great trial, there's something in the Bible to speak to us so that even when we don't have the words to pray, we don't know how to express our heart to God, we can use his own words and pray those back to him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just a beautiful way to get into an intimate relationship with him. Yeah. Awesome. So do not, my friends, steer clear of the Bible for reasons that parts of it are difficult. I mean, some of these books written 3,500 years ago come from a very different culture than ours. And some things just really don't make sense upon the first reading, and you have to get into some of the background context, but it's worth it to meet the God who reveals who he is and ultimately who we are as well. Mm-hmm. And the church doesn't leave us alone in it. There yeah. are so many tools to help us to interpret scripture and to understand it. And if we don't have time to study the history of all of these different cultures. Like there's so many biblical scholars and commentary and even just this nice, quick, tiny little book to help us, to help us read it. So if you have not read your Bible difficulties book yet, get into it. There are some real good questions that you have heard and probably wonder about as well. And if you haven't picked up this book or you picked up a different one, you can order other ones for real cheap, less than $4 for any of these at shop.catholic.com, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Tommy. God bless you and you. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.